We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How is that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? You are now listening to the Underage Packers Podcast Experience. Which we, we, I think we should change our name to the Underage Packers Podcast Experience, or right. like just like Joe Rogan, so it's, or does, maybe he doesn't have podcasts in there, but it's the <laughs> Underage Packers Experience. I am Joey, one of your co-hosts. It is Victory. It's it's the day after Victory Monday, Victory Tuesday, folks. It, the the celebration never stops. The Packers are now three in one. Big B, welcome to the show. Our dire question on hand today. Do you like candy corn? Yes. Okay. Wow. Hot take. I'm sure we might have just lost 50% of our listeners. <laughs> I'll have to make sure when I look at our YouTube analytics to like watch the audience drop off right as you say yes. Yep. I'm with you, though. I like candy corn. I especially like it mixed with nuts. That's a October classic. At my household for NFL game day, so I'm, I'm excited for that to come back. But, you know, me and Big B were just talking about before the show, we, we sound like a broken record at the start of every episode, the end of every episode. Man, it is hard to think of some original intros, some original way to introduce yourself after 81 episodes. I mean, we've only been doing it for a little bit over a year now, but, or, but we, we wanted to bring some originality into it, so... But I'm definitely with Big B on that candy corn take. So today, obviously, we're going to be talking about the Packers' latest victory on the 2021 season against their Super Bowl 45 loser coming down to the Packers once again. 27-17, to Green Bay Packers beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Before we get to the game recap, some exciting performances, some sexy stats. We got to talk about some injuries um, that are ongoing, but don't worry. There's going to be a, a very positive twist on them. I promise you. Okay. Not from oh the Packers themselves, but I'm, I'm going to find a way to put a positive spin on them. All right. Oh boy. So obviously the big scary one that ha- was one that ha- played that happened in the fourth quarter where Jair Alexander pretty much, uh, he makes a really good tackle on the running back of the backfield tackles him before the line of scrimmage. And then Jair kind of falls awkwardly on his shoulder. And it looks like now it it is believed to be a shoulder injury, some joint in there. Don't ask me about any muscle or bone. Um, I believe it was AC joint or something. Um, It looks like the team right now, Matt Fleur said they're looking for second opinions on it. Take that for you want as a good sign, a bad sign, whatever. But Jair Alexander, being out for any single amount of time, even one snap of the game. Okay, maybe that might be exaggerated a little bit. They survived one snap of the game. Yeah. But they, they survived without being imploded. But uh, so looking ahead to the schedule, especially now. So the Packers, these next three weeks, they have an interesting stretch. And then they pretty much go in the mass pandemonium, tough opponent after tough opponent, all the way up 
till pretty much week 17 against the Lions. Yeah. So we've had the exposition of the season. We're getting into the rising action, and it's only going up from here. The opponents only get tougher after week seven at, at Green Bay against Washington. So this upcoming week, they have another AFC North opponent on hand. They're traveling to Cincinnati to play Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Then week six, they're, is it back at Lambeau? No, that's in December. Uh, week six, they had to Soldier Field. Uh, we'll see how many games the Packers have left to play in Soldier Field before the Bears move to some trashy horse race park. <laughs> um and then in week seven against Washington, very well, a tough defense as at least that was what they were perceived as heading into the season. But after uh, this game against Atlanta and a few other games this season, Washington's defense isn't looking too tough. But week seven uh, at Lambeau Field against Washington, and then the tough games start with Thursday night football against Arizona at Arizona, week nine at Kansas City. Uh, I'm pretty sure our buy is somewhere in between here, obviously. Yeah. Week 10 uh, at Green Bay versus Seattle. Week 11 traveling to Minnesota. And week 12 uh, versus the Rams at Lambeau. So not only are those tough opponents in a hole, but without Jair Alexander going up against, you know, maybe we're looking too far out here, but going up against the Arizona Cardinals offense, which is looking extra dangerous right now. Um, although the Cardinals did have a really fiery start of last year too, and then kind of slowed down near the middle of the season, but either way, going up against great Cardinals offense, then a great chiefs offense, then uh, Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks would be so scary with Kevin mm-hmm. Keene and Eric Stokes. That, that cannot be understated enough. Um, Big B, is there a game on here that you're looking at? Like, shoot, I do not want to face that wide receiver duo with Kevin Keene and Eric Stokes. Man, there's it's there's so many like options. Yeah, unfortunately, and it's, and it's hard to pick one. But yeah. like, man, just going off the Arizona, Kansas City, and Seattle, I might have to go with. Kind of Seattle, actually, actually, because yeah. Tyler Lockett, super fast. DK Metcalf can literally body somebody. Yeah, I do not want to see DK Metcalf going over Kevin King. No thanks. Yeah, but yeah, I think that might be maybe a less popular answer. But it, I, I would definitely agree with you with that. Those two wide receivers, um, mm-hmm. obviously, Arizona has Christian Kirk, DeAndre uh, Hopkins. <laughs> I almost called them. You know, it's. Everybody always confuses DeAndre Hopkins with the Packers practice squad wide receiver, you know, just Packer legend. Yeah. By the way. Uh, then uh, Kansas City, Tyree Kill, um, Josh Gordon. <laughs> but yeah, they, they got no doubt about it. They got some tough teams, tough offenses coming up. So yes. Yes, any yes. amount of time with Jair Miss be very, very just devastating to the team, especially against the, this tough stretch they got coming up. So if Jarrier does miss time, hopefully, I mean, hopefully at most it's two weeks. But Bigby, what do you think would be the Packers' plan uh, 
at, you, they'll probably move Kevin up. Hopefully he's back from his concussion uh, this upcoming week. But what do you think the Packers' plan would be at cornerback with Jair Yarrell? Well, you know, I, of course, would do something totally different, but we're talking about the Packers front office here. So they're probably just going to roll with the guys they have, bring up um, KB and Ento from the practice squad, just have him on the roster and just roll with Stokes and Kevin King. I would like to see them go out and make a move, maybe mm-hmm. trade trade for a guy, um, not like a Stephon Gilmore type guy, because that yeah. will never happen in a million years, but just some guy who – Devondre Campbell type player we don't really know about, you know? Yeah. And see, I would agree with you. And I, but I, and I do agree with you. I, I w- would be nice to see the Packers go out there and make a move. Yeah. But, and like you said, a Devondre Campbell type guy, somebody that they kind of have their eyes on, a veteran um, that they want to bring in, kind of Devondre Campbell, Damon Snacks Harrison, Jared Beldier almost. So veteran guys, although those uh, Campbell snacks have been – or snacks, Valdir, have been more towards the playoffs. Um, yeah. But it, just a, guy, a veteran guy that they've had their eyes on for a while. But at the same time, I understand the philosophy of what the Packers might end up doing and typically do, which is just roll with the guys they have. And I understand that, and it, it makes sense because at some point you have to – let your depth players be depth players. Ideally, they're coming up because uh, I, I wouldn't want, want injury to any player, but ideally they're coming up because Eric Stokes is playing bad or is injured, not Jerry Alexander being hurt. But at some point, Kabyon Into, Isaac Yadam, the other guys they have on the practice squad, they have to be brought up and be depth guys. So – I wouldn't be surprised either way if they just went with the guys they have, make a few practice squad elevations, but I also wouldn't be surprised with what you said of signing a veteran player. And, um, and also I wouldn't be surprised if they um, moved, um, like I think Peter Bukowski said, move Darnell on the slot and put Kevin King and Stokes on the outside, maybe Shannon Sullivan also on the outside. I could also see them definitely doing that as well. Yeah, that's a good point because – and maybe not like Peter's idea or whoever it was of bringing Darnell specifically into play cornerback. And maybe I'm not, maybe that's not exactly what he said, but of just using Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage more closer against the line and finding ways uh, to help those cornerbacks out. Yeah. Uh, somewhere in the secondary. So cornerback plays some play, obviously Crane, to whoever, praying to, uh, to whatever we can, to any limit we can, to have Jair Alexander back and healthy ASAP. I'm willing yes. to donate a shoulder. I yes. mean, really, I, behind Aaron Rodgers, Jair is probably the player that the Packers would be most hurt by him missing time. They've been able to win games with Devontae Adams out. Sometimes their offense even seems more doors are opened with Devontae Adams out at some point. But Jerry Alexander behind Aaron Rodgers, who I'd say is most most crucial to the Packers' success. They cannot uh, they cannot win too many games without him. Exactly. All right. Next up, we got some. I want to kind of provide an injury timetable. These might not be accurate, but just kind of compile 
what was Adam Schefter's use of words? Um, uh, compilation of sources, something like that. A <laughs> gathering of, you know what Adam Schefter said. It was all over. But <laughs> accumulation of information, accumulation of my information that I've been seeing about uh, some big time injuries for the Packers. We already know that Arius Smith is going to be out for a long time. David Bakhtiari is at least eligible to return in week seven against Washington. Elton Jenkins should be back soon enough, considering he was doubtful, listed as doubtful for this week and last week. And they even set a game time decision last week. And he has not been placed on IR yet. So I'd assume if he's not back this week, we will be back against Chicago, big time opponent. Uh, and then along with MBS, who has hamstring injury, he seemed like he was – he thought he was good to go. He was kind of surprised to be placed on IR. So I'm assuming as soon as he's eligible to return in two weeks here that he'll he'll be ready to play. And then Chris Barnes as well. Hopefully we can get him back as soon as possible so we don't have to see more of Ty Summers and uh, Oren Burks. Big Beast is shaking his head. He's like, I have yeah. to see those two boys on my TV screen one more time when it's not on special teams. Packer Man's getting ripped apart. Yep. I'm turning into Brandy over here. Yeah. <laughs> Brandy, she's that TV. She can't stand bad defense play, bad defense coordinators, and Oren Burks and Ty Summers. Word. All right. Now, my, my positive twist, if you will, some – uh, you know, ooh, are we going to talk about for the now why there's reasons to be optimistic, not optimistic, and why that should kind of branch off into your optimism into the future? And I'll let's see if I can kind of phrase this in a way that really makes sense and correlates to what we're seeing right now. We're so, going back to the future. Back to the future. I love that movie. I didn't like the third one though. Especially, I like them all. Yeah. So, um, the second one was all right, where they went back to 2016. I think that was more of a novelty for people, especially because you know they lived in that moment. But we're we're just great on staying on topic. Now, wasn't that the first one? No, that was the second one. That was, second. was the first one. First one. I can't I remember. Back. First one. They went back. To 1985 then they went to the future oh the yes one. because they saved uh whatever the tower and yeah. marty uh, yeah because marty went and saved his parents prom yeah got beat up by bezos or whatever his name is <sighs> but hey, whatever <laughs> oh that's gonna that's gonna I, I don't know i also just enjoy because you know yeah. sports podcast it's Beth. Yeah, Beth. There we go. I was, I, I was thinking of Be- Beavis and Butthead. I, I was <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in that that realm of the twentieth century. Yeah. You no, know, because like sports, football, podcasts, they they seem to drift off into these conversations, but they're much better at us at that than us. You know, like we just <laughs> like, oh yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we we want want to try to be entertaining, bring some life to the show. Um, whatever, man. All right, back. Oh, Lord. Okay, back to bringing optimism to the future and the now. So, the Packers obviously have a lot of key players out at this moment, and that's not going to stop anytime soon. Sidarius Smith, 
David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, um, a lot of other guys dealing with injuries. But somehow the Packers are able to still go out there and play great. They're able to adjust. And that's a testament to the coaching staff, testament to the front office for being able to find some great depth players. So, and that kind of a compliment to the front office and coaches because I think Elton Jenkins being out, David Bakhtiari being out is a great example because Elton Jenkins was pretty much the only line of support holding up that Packers offensive line. And we thought, you know, okay, David Bakhtiari being out is not good, but Elton is versatile. He can shift to that left tackle position, which is maybe right up there with Sinra as the most important position for on the offensive line for right-handed quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, every every single right-handed quarterback. There was a left Tua, Tua is now a left-handed quarterback in the league, yep. but uh, left tackle, very important position on the offensive line. Elton slides over. It's all fine and dandy until Elton gets hurt, and we already had three offensive linemen playing in on the interior that were very inexperienced, and then. Elton Jenkins has an ankle injury, (laughs) combining Jenkins and ankle there, a Jenkle injury. And the Packers slide in uh, Yash Nyman, who they've had on their practice squad for quite a while, quite some time. Yosh, 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 Yash, 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 whatever. You know, it's Yash, Yash's name is up for interpretation, whatever you want to think it is. Yep. And so they have these guys that step in, Yash Nyman. Holds up great, maybe not great, but he holds up well enough. Aaron Rodgers is still alive, and the Packers able to win two games demandingly against two incredible defensive fronts, um, dealing with a lot of injuries. They're still able to put pressure on with Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. And my point to all of this is they are able to win these games without their ideal starters. Marquez Valdez-Scantling now, all right, we'll go to Randall Cobb, and he's going to be a key player for us on third down. We haven't even started about talking about this game, by the way. <laughs> but uh, anyways, the Packers are able to win these games, find different ways to not necessarily replace, but find ways to adjust to these guys that are injured. And this leads to kind of a thought. There's, there's a lot of reasons to have pessimism, Bad thoughts about what will happen after the 2021 season where Aaron Rodgers, 99% chance he's gone. Devontae Adams looking like a very likely chance that he's gone as well. So there's plenty of reasons to feel doubt about what this team will look like in 2022. And You're even outside, what was that? You're making me depressed over here with all this. I know. I know you, you haven't even got to my positive twist yet. Just you wait. Yeah. Got to get that, got to get the positive vibes up. Come on. Enough, enough with We're this getting to it. Stuff. We're getting to it, man. All right. So where was I? You interrupted me, man. I I, sorry, I, sorry. I lost my train of thought. Talking about Adams being gone. Yes, yes, yes Going yes, into yes. the future. So Devon, uh, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, gone in the future. And then as well, a lot of players, Darius Smith being one of them, who their contracts, Billy Turner, another one, their contracts are not going to permit for the Packers to be able to keep them. Um, possibly Adrian Amos, which I'd really hate to see happen. But they got a lot of guys that they're going to have to pay 
after 2022. Elton Jenkins, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, um, Jair Alexander this upcoming year. So there's this team is going to look a lot different. However, what these last two weeks have shown us with these injured players stepping in is that just maybe, just if Brian Gutekinds and the front office plan goes to work, because they aren't idiots, they they knew when the draft. Well, maybe they didn't know the severity of the situation, but I, well, they knew they were going to play and on to move on from Aaron Rodgers. So they knew 2020, 21, it was going to be super important for them to draft for life after Aaron Rodgers. See that in Jordan Love and then all the other picks they made. Drafting for Matt LeFleur's offense. They aren't idiots. They know that they got to have guys that are going to be stars, going to be able to win games for this team. And some people might say, well, they're going to go to six and ten anyways without Aaron Rodgers. But I don't I don't think Brian Gutekind's Matt Fleur are like, well, you know what? We're gonna go six and ten anyways. Yeah, whatever. You know, they're trying to find ways to make sure, even if Jordan Love is playing to par, that they can make it to the playoffs, win the division. So these players stepping in, showing proof of Brian Gutekind's Matt Fleur's plan for the future, like I mentioned. Big, big, big time ifs. But Royce Newman, Josh Myers, John Runyon, Josh Nyman, just those players on the offensive line, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Eric Stokes, those players that are locked up for more than one or two years at this point. If just if those players turn out to be good, then I'm just saying, don't don't get too wishy-washy about life after Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and all those players quite yet. That was a long rant. Could have had more direction, but this isn't a college essay. This is my rant about why you should be excited about the 2022 Packers and more after that. So I'm still write- depressed, so all right. <laughs> You're still depressed? Yeah, you're not. You didn't do a good job at getting the positive vibes. Okay, back well, let's see if I can make it. This is thesis here. So, you know, kind of like I said, big time players, out. and that's bad for the now, and there's bad things for the future. Okay? okay, but what these two weeks have shown us is that with examples like Yash, Eric Stokes, other players um, that have stepped up. Is that not only, I mean, obviously those players are good, Josh not Myers, Royce Newman, not only are those players are good, but the Packers coaching staff is able to develop, train those players so that in 2022, there's going to be more guys like that. They've heard, they got three guys on the starting offense line already, um, three starters. Then Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari, there's five starters right there. Maybe sign another guy, Dennis Kelly. So they, the Packers coaching staff knows what they're doing. Packers front office knows what they're doing. Maybe I'm still not doing a good job at bringing the positive <laughs> vibes back up, but I can't give you a, a definitive answer on if the Packers are going to go six and 10 or not next year, but have faith in the coaching staff and the general manager is all I'm saying. 
Yeah, let's go. Ah. All right. We're one in five straight Super Bowls in a row is pretty much from that. Positive vibes only, baby. Okay, now that it's 10, 12 p.m., let's start recapping oh, the Steelers game. I'll, I'll oh, definitely have to, I'll I'll definitely have to make that rant more concise in um in, when I'm editing this. But I, I really I could write a whole essay on that. I might have to write an article on that. Okay. Now, I would love, I would absolutely love to talk about this first, first quarter of this game, but I did not get to watch a single snap of it because CBS has no clue what they're doing, and I think they think I, in St. Louis, Missouri, would rather watch New York Jets and Tennessee Titans silly, wonky overtime than the Green Bay Packers, and I'm paying 100 well, I'm not paying uh, outrageous amount for direct TV. That's my parents. But they're paying an outrageous amount for NFL Sunday ticket. And they're, you know, sure, fine, whatever. CBS can do what they want to do. But the fact that the game is blacked out on Sunday ticket while CBS is showing another game is outrageous. And Big B is just in there. Well, oh, sucks to suck. I still get <laughs> Green Bay Packers local coverage here in Marquette. Yeah, I'm special. That's that's what's up. <laughs> CBS, come on, man, get it together. <coughs> hey, at least you didn't miss much in the first quarter. So apparently, yeah, I had I, I, I had the Chiefs TV watch party on. They were giving me some commentary, and I was going on Twitter too. Just see, <laughs> but I mean, the thing with Twitter though was like there was one tweet about the game, and then ten tweets about people saying, uh, "Why can't I watch the game?" Yeah. So, but apparently I didn't miss much. So, Big B, can you give us, I mean, you said nothing much happened, but can you give us a recap? Any good plays in the first quarter? Well, um, Pittsburgh had that nice little touchdown pass over Jair Alexander, the only score of the first half. Mm. And on the Green Bay side, not really much happened um, that I can recall anyways. Yeah, I don't know. It Nothing really happened. It was okay. very uneventful. So, Thank you. Yeah. They just wanted to, the Packers just wanted to make sure they were showing out the press for the crowd, the, yeah. the live audience, and they knew it was up. And really, CBS, the more irritating thing about this is CBS local game, national televised game for the early window was Chiefs and Eagles. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even Titans and Jets. Yeah. That's so then true. after that game's in, they go Titans, Jets. And I get that you got to fill in time. But then, when you have a nationally televised game and you're replacing it with some second level game, well, the, the heck is up with that? That's why Fox and the NFC are the better conference. The yeah. Pro Bowl has taken on a whole nother meaning for me. We're not beating the AFC. We're rating the AFC affiliates in the CBS. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Now that we got that out of the way, we got the first quarter out of the way. Let's bring up some sexy stats. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon combining for 129 rushing yards. Let's go. Matt LeFleur sticking to the run game, especially when it counted in the fourth quarter. And this is exactly why I and so many others are so excited for what A.J. Dillon can become uh, because of how he was used in that fourth quarter. And when it gets when it gets cold in Wisconsin, I know we said this last year too, but when it gets cold 
in just in a few weeks here. By the time it's week seven and they're playing Washington, I bet you it's, it starts getting cold. A.J. Dillon is going to do what he did in the fourth quarter all game long, just like he did against Tennessee in week 16 of last year. He's just going to run through it. It's going to start off maybe two or three-yard gains, but I trust Matt LaFleur to keep with it. Next drive, go at him. Those two, three-yard gains turn into four, five, six-yard gains, and all of a sudden the defense wants to go on a hill and just, you know, have a soda before they die and retire. Like, <laughs> because A.J. Dillon is tiring uh, them out. Like, I know, like – I'm excited if Aaron, if um AJ Dillon if they if we do this with AJ Dillon, but in the back of my mind it's gonna be like we could have done this with Jamal no, for the past no, five years. No, 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 no. no. That's no. exactly. It's gonna be right in the back of my mind. Every Let's, run in December, all twenty four carries he's gonna get in December. I mean, not wrong, but. Let's not get started on this, all right? Let, let's. I'm just saying. You, you're the one. You were the one that didn't want to get all depression vibes earlier. You know, let's. But sure, you're not wrong. I won't. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. <laughs> Thanks like, for the insight like, there. They should have done this with Jamal. Now they're gonna do it AJ Dillon just because he has freaking thighs of freaking amazing quads and okay. thighs whole okay. entire okay let's move on <sighs> all right then you hate your jamal williams code up didn't you yep okay okay that was a trip <laughs> this whole episode is a whole trip jesus okay next up let's talk about aaron Rodgers' and performance today or yesterday sunday 248 yards two touchdowns a 95.6 rating and he ended up tying Dan Marino, Dan Marino, for 420 <laughs> touchdowns. 420. Great, great game, Brian. Great stats. If he gets two this next week, he'll surpass Phillip, and then he'll be at number five on the list. And then he's got a long way to go until he surpasses number four, number four, Brett Favre. But that exciting stuff for A.A. Ron uh, there. And I loved his uh, nod, his like, back and forth nod. I love, absolutely love the gif that's going around Twitter right now. Whoever made that is phenomenal. Uh, yeah. I might have been field gates, but it's just like on a loop. Rogers, Tomlin nodding, smiling, <laughs> nod. Like Tomlin saying, oh, I know you cheap. You know what? And then Rogers saying, yep, you know me, don't you? And I almost got gotcha. you. I almost got gotcha you there. I was on. I love that. Yeah. And especially because, like, as Packers fans, we know all too well how good Aaron Rodgers does that. So to, like, I don't know, like, to be in that moment and understand exactly the conversation they're having. And mm-hmm. obviously, I mean, that's for any, I mean, that's very common for skilled quarterbacks, but Aaron Rodgers does it like no other. So for us Packers fans to be like, yeah, I know what's going on. Now let's move on to a, a new segment here. We'll see if it lasts at underage Packers. So surprising, maybe we'll think have, have to think of a, a better title for it because it's not too flashy at the moment. But <laughs> we got surprising star and Matt, a player that fits each one of those categories. Big B, let's hear your surprising performance 
All right, we're going to go with um, Yash Neiman again, having a fantastic day. Definitely um, got destroyed by Cameron Hayward on that one play, but he held up fantastic again yep. against a very good defensive line, held up great last week, and, you know, the, the trust is going up. Oh, yeah. When he's on the field. I definitely love what he's doing out there. Yeah, I talked about it for way too long earlier, but the offensive line depth is something to note, something to write home about for sure. Uh, my surprising performance was from Randall Cobb, and I guess it shouldn't have been too surprising. But with MVS out, I thought more of the snaps, more of the opportunities would go to Alan Lazard, but Same. it ended up going to Randall Cobb, and they ended up using him really well on third-down situations. Get getting open over the middle quite a bit. I love that touchdown to him. Uh, near the start of the game, one of the first plays that I was able to watch. Um, so really surprised with Randall Cobb's performance, how well he did um, and how well they utilized him. Next up, Big B, let's hear your star. All right, Devondre Campbell um, continuing his reign of terror um, on the NFL. Continuing he said that like having... he's a serial killer. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Had, I like um, yeah, had had uh, three great games um, in a row now. Devondre Campbell leading or no leading the team in tackles, third in the league in solo tackles. Like he is such a steal in right. this year's free agency. He has played phenomenal, and we finally got an inside linebacker in Green Bay. And people yeah. should just be excited about that. Yeah, I don't know if he's a long-term answer, but, man, for this season, it really – and I'm excited for him to grow more chemistry with the team. It really seems like he can be a great leader uh, yes. for this season. He's got some years on him. And I love his quote, and Maggie Loney uh, brought up this quote from his press conference yesterday, or maybe it was his one-on-one -on -one with Larry McCarron. But he said something about how he wasn't utilized as much as – He's utilized a lot more in the Packers team, and they not necessarily rely on him like uh, like they really desperately need him, but he's a main part of their defense. He said, I'm just happy that I'm finally getting the opportunity to showcase what I can do. I've always kind of been the Robin to somebody else's Batman and everybody else's team. So now he's brought in to be a leader in the inside linebacker group with a lot of young guys. Um, and then Chris Barnes, obviously. So, Foundry Campbell, thank God we ended up signing him. Yes. Next up, I have my star, which is A.J. Dillon. We've been calling it for a while now for Matt LaFleur to pound the rock with A.J., like I mentioned earlier. Excited to see him get his, uh, his starting role. And finally, Big B, we, we struggled here picking a meh, but let's hear your meh from this game. I'm going to go with um, Oren Burks um, getting the start right next to Devondre Campbell. Didn't really have, like, any flashy plays like we saw in the preseason. He, he is just playing like old Oren Burks. Just nothing spectacular happening after a, a very, very, very good preseason having um, – yeah. what was I going to say? That's the story of Oren Burks' career. That is true. Definitely thought he should have been utilized more um, on um, pass rushing attempts. True. Blitzing in there, but, you know, yeah. it's a So I shouldn't be shocked, really, at the end of the day. 
Yeah, he was able. There was a wider ski, wider receiver screen that he was able to come screaming at Big Ben. But other than that, yeah, like, like you said, he is he can really be fast after that quarterback. I I couldn't really see how he did in pass coverage, but every single tackle that he had a chance to make, it was so frustrating seeing him dive or just like kind of do the Kevin thing, Kevin King team last year where he just like puts lightly puts his shoulder into him. So frustrating to watch from Warren. I know. Uh, my man, and I hate to do this. I really hate to do this. But it's is Robert Joey, Tunyon. Wait, is Joey a hater for doing this? I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater on Robert Tunyon. I love him, and I don't think he had a bad game yesterday. But I just had to pick someone, and that's because <laughs> of his – dude, I don't know much about special teams. I don't know much about what Marie Stratton is doing, but I'm pretty sure if you look at that block and all the other – the field goal block that was called block back and all the other um, field goals that happened. Robert Tunyon just looks like a lost man, clueless man out there on field goal protection. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's usually where Dominique Daphne is supposed to be and he's injured right now or what's going on, but he's Robert Tunyon is like, come on in. <laughs> we got we got plenty of space right here. So I, I, I it really pains me to do that. I love big Bob Tunyon, but. I mean, yeah, but it, but it did look like he was like supposed to block like four people on that play though. Yeah, yeah. Like really, like you really gotta think about that though. True, but yeah, something, something that something went not to plan there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I don't want to talk too much longer. I want to get to wrapping this up here. Um, but before we go, uh, let's see here, Big B. Can we give – let's hear a play that stood out to you in this game. I'm going to go with number 420 for Mr. Aaron Rodgers, rolling rolling out to his right, I think, his right. Oh, yeah. In that nice um, corner of the end zone to Cobby. Um, this all-around great play. Vintage Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Okay. I got to say, I mean, from some of the angles that showed it, when I was thinking about this when I was watching it, you know – he makes that look easy for being a world world class athlete. Like, you know, I'm sure many people sitting in their couches on Sunday could think, "Oh, you know, that's just running out a little bit to the right, tossing it in there." But I have no doubt. I mean, I've never tried it, but I have no doubt in my mind that that is a really, really hard throw to make on the run. Yeah, was it three, four yards? You know, and then Cobb's two yards in the back of the end zone. I'm sure that has to be a, a pretty difficult throw to make. And with that elite accuracy and ball placement. And with um, pro bowler Minka Fitzpatrick in coverage as yeah. well. That's even tougher if you add that in. For sure. Um, my play here is Rashawn Gary's sack. And I have watched this clip plenty of times, as many of Packers Twitter has been commented on, of Rashawn Gary's sack on Big Ben where he literally jumps over the shoulder of offensive lineman. He's like, ah, I can't really get past you. I can't really beat you on this block. I'll just jump over you and sack your quarterback. <laughs> and then, I mean, shoot, bro, that had to really be – he kind of like shoulders, brings down the offensive lineman with his shoulder as he's sacked from Big Ben. I, I've never seen anything like that in my, my short years of living <laughs> – that was an incredible sack for 
from Rashawn yeah. here. Phenomenal. All right, Big B. Great game. Any words of wisdom uh, you want to add after an uh, interesting episode here on the Underage Packers? Yeah, a very interesting episode. Um, but my final thought is going to be for all the Kevin King haters out there, Eric Stokes getting his first career interception. Uh-huh. Beautiful, beautiful play. Yeah, there's, there's a lot more I want to talk about this game. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of thoughts. So, um, not that we're, there's going to be a second half to this episode, but <laughs> there, there's a lot of things you can take away from this game. Really great, great, great win from the Green Bay Packers. Next week, like I mentioned earlier, heading to Cincinnati, Ohio to play the Bengals, who, I mean, their offense, they haven't been too shabby lately. Getting a win against Jaguars, that isn't saying too much. But they haven't been too shabby. I'm not going to say they have a hand. The Packers should be shivering in their boots. But uh, the league will humble you quick, as Matt LaFleur always likes to say. Treat Cincy like any other opponent, and let's move on to 4-1. and That's all we got for you today here at the Underage Packers podcast. Let us know your thoughts about the Steelers game down in the comments down below. Uh, subscribe to this YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify, Good Radio on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to. People will listen to us on some podcast platforms that I've never heard of. Like, <laughs> I didn't even know people use Google Podcasts, but that's like one of our main high percentages of our listener base. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. I know. But we appreciate so much all of the support. That's all we got. Thanks so much. We'll see you later. Go, Pack Go.